0: Amen. Hey, that's right. Once again, we're in our wonderful, exciting study World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. Occult, number 11. And the topic is Christians. Christian Science. And that's right. What is the theme? It is what? Not, not Christian. It's not, not, not science. Not and not it's. Science. Not even close. And we're going to see that one more time, folks, is the big issue there. Now, we've already been seeing with the history and where did this come from, of course, with uh, uh, you-know-who, and uh, as we're taking a look at this uh, study, Christian Science, we've already dealt with the history, the aspect of that, and uh, now we're going to get into, as we're finishing up, is there are cults, right? People say, well, they're Christian, it says science, well, that's pretty strong words. No, they are cult by definition, secular and biblical. And we've been taking a look at that evidence, they get the source of authority wrong, Why is that a major issue? What happens when you get the source of authority? What is the source of authority? What is our source of authority? Rhymes to the Bible, praise God, right? And what happens when you get outside the Bible? 100% 100% of the time, 100% of the time, you're going to end up with error. Why? Because it's from man and or it's from a demon who is lying to you, right? So they got the source of authority wrong, okay? They don't really even follow the Bible. What they do from the Bible, they tweak and contort and whatever. We saw that. But they really follow the teachings of Mary Baker 80, Mary baker 80 right? She wasn't a baker and? And she wasn't Eddie, but that's right. But anyway, uh, but anyway, they also, it spills downhill from there. Once you get off the source of authority, the Bible, you get everything else wrong, goes downhill fast. They get the nature of God, certainly the Trinity wrong. We saw that. They get the person work of Jesus Christ wrong. And they get the nature of man wrong. That's where we left off last time. And uh, how many of you guys went home last night and you actually went out and bought a turbo and calculator? Remember we saw that there? And that was just a bunch of nonsensical stuff. We're going to see that Lord willing again tonight, that kind of the same uh, vein thing. But that's really what it is, the nature of man. Because remember the premise of this, you're going to get this healing because you need to understand the big premise of Christian science. And that everything is an illusion. Matter is an illusion. Sin is an illusion. Sickness and even death, they say, is an illusion. And it's all couched in this quasi, sounds logical, but it's illogical nonsense. As we saw, it reads with the rhythm of a pseudo-logical statement that has the tendency to dull the senses when read long enough, right? And that's what it is, just a bunch of a mindy mumbo jumbo, man, it's just, it's crazy, but that's what they espouse. Now, what we're going to see tonight, again, is this is a, it's a kind of a combination, Christian science is a combination of new age, okay, but it's, and also a combination, we're going to see even more evidence tonight, of Hinduism, and that makes sense because if you recall in our new age study, where does new age, a lot of it come from? It comes from Hinduism, so it kind of blurs together, okay? But let's take a look at that. But think of the nature of man wrong. Excuse me, how many guys can verify that matter is real? How many guys just use matter to respond to that question that I did with, parts of a body that's full of matter, right, okay, right, it's just, it's, and you think, are you serious, people really believe this, yes, they do, this is the underpinnings, what they believe, now, of course, when you start thinking that matter is uh, uh, an illusion, as crazy as that is, wild as that is, with all due respect, if you're thinking that uh, sin, and, and then uh, uh, death, and all that stuff, sickness, that's an illusion, then guess what, the last thing they get wrong is the means of salvation, well, that means, then if there is no sin, right? Then guess what? You don't need to be saved. And that's really what they teach. And again, what's the the irony here? What did we see before? If Mary Baker Eddy did not pepper in her so-called, in her writings, with Christianese, you would never even what? You would never even say this has anything to do with the Bible, because it doesn't, right? And so this is the issue. It's supposed to be Christian science, and you say you don't need to be saved. What? What is a Christian? By bare definition, why are we here? Why did Jesus go to the cross? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to believe on Jesus? Why, do we need, why is the cross so important? We're getting ready to celebrate resurrection day. Why is it important that he rose again from the grave? Why is it a big deal that he came to this earth and he died for you and I? Because sin is real. Sin carries with it real punishment. And we really need to be saved from that dilemma. I.e. from going to hell. But you're supposed to be Christian, Christian science, and you say, nah, you don't even need to be saved on top of everything else. Absolutely crazy. But let's take a look at that in our book there. The means of salvation, right? The final page. Since sin does not exist, this is their rationale. Obviously, it's not true. Since sin does not exist, then salvation is your blank there. Salvation has no purpose and also does not exist, right? Of course, if there's no sin, what do you need to be saved from? Right? As crazy as that is. And here's what she wrote. And again, SNH is what? That's not a sugar. Right? SNH, Puritan? No, it's not. It's CNH, Bobby. What are you talking about? You're confusing me. already. I got a lot to cover tonight. Right? SNH is Science and Health with the Key to scriptures. That's her book there. That's what we're quoting. Final deliverance from error, she said, is not reached through the paths of flowers, not by pinning one's, listen, not by pinning one's faith without works to another's vicarious effort. What'd she just say? With the big mumbo jumbo words. If you want to be saved, don't rely on the work of Jesus Christ. That's a bunch of flowery baloney, according to her. Can you believe in that? And yet, you have the audacity to call your religion what? Christian science. Not just science, Christian science. It's crazy. Continue on. To achieve salvation, what they would call salvation, right? The Christian scientist needs only to find the true reality of understanding as revealed where in the bible no what it say christian science teaching so again who is their source of authority it ain't the bible it's mary baker Eddy in her writings right since sin and death are false beliefs really so sin is a false belief so the next time you get pulled over again by the cop hopefully you, you don't right you get pulled over for speeding or something right you just say excuse me i'm sorry officer uh my wrongdoing that's an illusion right breaking this that's an illusion and really what you need to do is you need to go with me uh, to headquarters to the Christian science reading room and we're gonna sit down with the practitioner and what they're gonna do is they're gonna help you with your mind abilities to realize that what you're trying to do here is an illusion it it, and it shouldn't happen and so we're just gonna that's the premise of what they're saying it's just and we laugh about it with all due respect we joke about it but this is really what they believe Okay, let's continue on, right? It says that, that to achieve salvation, the Christian scientist needs only to find the true reality of understanding as revealed in Christian science teaching, since sin and death are false beliefs and illusion. Salvation involves overcoming the false idea then, according to them, that they exist, and with the realization of our divine spirit in mind. So what is salvation according to Mary Baker Eddy? Has nothing to do with Jesus. Has nothing to do with sin because that's not even real. Has nothing to do with death. And the wages of sin is death, as the Bible says. And that's why Jesus needed to come and save us. And and, and all that stuff. It's what? It's when you agree with what she said. Here's salvation. It's when you agree with Mary Baker Eddy that sin and death are not real. You're saved. (laughs) What? And then you're supposed to be Christian. Absolutely not. Wild, okay? Now, she says, and I quote, we acknowledge that the crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection served to uplift faith to understand eternal life, even the allness of soul, spirit, and the nothingness of matter. That's just, once again, you might as well just go out and buy that turbo and What are you, t- what? Just a bunch of string of, you? What? Okay, now as we saw before, unfortunately, people get snookered into this. As we're gonna see again tonight, if we get that far and finish it out, this is an extremely deadly belief system. Because again, sin, sickness, even death they say is not real. So when you get sick, what do you do? You don't go to the doctor, you just mm, with your mind and you need to just focus that this is not real, this is not real, this is not real, as you basically are dying. As we saw, Val Kilmer is one of the people right now that's dealing with that okay as we saw before it's very unfortunate but he's not the only one okay now hollywood is an, in in Rage with a lot of this stuff. They like this kind of stuff because, you know, a lot of people, they don't, they don't, I don't need a savior, right? And it's me pulling me up by my own bootstraps. That's what we're going to see in the next topic with Scientology. Very attractive to a lot of the elite, right? Because you don't need to bow knee to anybody. You can fix it with your own mind. Well, Christian science is kind of the same thing, right? And you just got to have that big wake up moment where you just realize that you are, in fact, you are the universe. And then you just need to train your thoughts to bring nothing but good. Right, That's that's basically, in essence, sounds very new agey, sounds like Hinduism, because that's really what it comes from. But let me give you another Hollywood elite person that's involved in this. I'm not going to say they're a Christian scientist, okay, but it's the same kind of mumbo jumbo, okay, and frankly, it's basically out of new age and Hinduism. But this guy is Jim Carrey. You may have heard of him. Uh, This is actually a video that was taken a few years back, and physically... He's still looking like the same old, if you will, Jim Carrey. If you look at some of the more even recent pictures post this video, wow, it's, it ain't looking good. It's going downhill, okay? But listen to what he says. It's just a bunch of new agey mumbo jumbo. It's, it, life is bad just because we've got bad thoughts and we're all part of the universe and we just need to fix it with our mind, right? But here's what he has to say.
1: A few months ago, after knowing Eckhart Tolle for a while and studying the books, I woke up and I suddenly got it. I understood suddenly how thought was just an illusory thing, uh, and how thought is responsible for, if not all, most of the suffering we experience. And then I suddenly felt like I was looking at these thoughts from another perspective and I wondered, who is it that's aware that I'm thinking? And suddenly I was thrown into this expansive, amazing feeling of freedom from myself, from my problems. I saw that I was bigger than what I do. I was bigger than my body. I was everything and everyone. I was no longer a fragment of the universe. I was the universe. Alrighty. <clears throat> there ain't no pair of pants
0: that you can fit the whole universe in, Jim. There's no way that you could be the universe. But, but notice the mindset there. He was even trying to struggle to explain it. But it sounds so elitist. It sounds so upper crusty. It sounds like a, such a, a, to use her words, a salvation moment when I just woke up and realized the illusion of thought. But wait a second. You use your thought to come to that Thought about the illusion of thought. So how can I trust that? Maybe that's an illusion. I don't know, Jim. With all due respect, it's sad. It's unfortunate. And again, what's the phrase? It reads with the rhythm of a pseudo-logical statement that has the tendency to dull the senses when read long enough. This was a big, huge clip. I kept it in about two minutes. That's all I could take. What? And I'm trying. What do you want? And trying to follow. This is Christian science with all due respect. And I think that's why some people get sucked into it because you know, that's the illusion, right? When somebody's speaking these giant, upper crusty words that we cannot even pronounce, it's got to be true. And you sit there and go, yeah, that was great. What do you say? Right? And I think that's why a lot of people get uh, sucked into it. But this is the basis of Christian science. All their belief is based on this kind of mumbo jumbo. It's completely nonsensical. Okay? Uh, in fact, let me give you an example. Imagine if you were driving down the road, okay, and uh, you ran into this guy, and everywhere he went, He made about as much sense as this. Let's take a look.
2: Can a candle whack if a pig nose brings it home? Can you repeat that? Can a candle whack if a pig nose brings it home? In the parking lot, I'm saying. Say it again. Can a candle whack if a pig nose brings it home? Say it again. Yeah, can a candle whack if a pig nose brings it home? Oh man, you got me on that.
0: So when you pronounce it that way, what
2: are you looking for? Did they put a rhino blouse in a box with a Peter? Oh, sorry, what? Excuse me? The uh, rhino blouse in a box with a Peter box? A rhino blouse? A rhino what? Uh, uh, rhino blouse with a box and a Peter. I don't know that is. Excuse me. Back there, did they put a rhino blouse in a box with a Peter box? Say that again? Did they put a rhino blouse in a box with a Peter box? I
1: have no idea what you're
2: talking about. Bed Bath & Beyond, right? Back here? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Well I said they they had a cow fat fiddle in the middle of a microphone shaft and I didn't know if they took it home or not. I say I say is there a cow fat fiddle in the microphone shaft with the bum on top. It's blue. My wife told me about it it's spinning around. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Now they stuck a peeling food maze up here, right? What's that? They stuck a peeling food maze up here.
1: What
2: is it? In uh, Costco? Uh-huh. They close at what time? I have no idea. Oh, sorry. Thanks. The uh, su- sweeter with the muffin top in the middle or does it get sweaty over there? That's no, what I, don't I was. understand what you What's that? I don't understand. I don't understand what you're saying. Oh about about uh what? I like the muffin on top. It's there he is! How's it going buddy? Yeah, the shaft of the khaki pants in the middle. What was that? Shaft of the khaki pants in the middle. They had a wax on top. It started melting down. <laughs> Remember Jack? How you doing? When they're floating around in there, they didn't know what to do, so they just started going around in circles. (laughs) These guys in there. (laughs) Is the candle wax with the khaki pants coming down? What? Candle wax with the khaki pants coming down, did you know? What are you talking about? Like with the hot peppers? Or no? What? Wait, what are you saying?
0: what are you Christian scientists what are you speaking I can't understand what you're talking about just complete nonsense okay but can you imagine that because that's really basically the the illusion to even use their term that's going on with the Christian scientists right it's all these big mumble jumbles and can't and we're to running like and the peter box with the wax and wants. it just you know in the parking lot right I mean what you say, saying and everybody goes uh-huh right Okay, that's really what the basis of a lot of this stuff is, okay? And it's sad, okay? Now, let's continue on. So obviously, they get it wrong. They get everything wrong because their source of authority is wrong. They get God wrong. They get Jesus wrong. They get the nature of man wrong, and they don't even think you need to be saved wrong, okay? Uh, they get everything wrong. So now, what do you do? Would you sit back and go, can of flax, a medium of action with the melted wax? No, we witnessed to him. That's right. Now we're going to finish up. How do you reach these folks, man? Because this is a challenge. Because it's this mumbo jumbo kind of, whoa, what's going on here? Okay. But let's take a look there uh, with this. Okay. Now, first of all, you need to understand, again, the basis of this is a lot of it is just basically a combo of new age and Hinduism. I want to give you a little bit of proof of that. Okay. From a former uh, Hindu guy. And listen to what he says. He says, the basis of Christian science is the proposition that God is everything and matter is. Uh, has no reality, but is an illusion of mortal mind. Sin, sickness, and death have no reality, but are illusions of the mortal mind. All such things, all evil, such as plagues, tornadoes, cyclones, fires, earthquakes, accidents, have no reality. With the cow, with the people, and the family, with the backs and wax. Well, you are what? Right? Okay, now, <clears throat> the fact that Christian science, while claiming to be Christian, is really pagan, Uh, is brought out by this guy. It's a guy named Pandita uh, Ramabai. He's a native of India. Listen to what he said. He said, on my arrival to New York, I was told that there was a new philosophy that was being taught in the United States and that it had won many disciples. He said the philosophy was called Christian science. This is a Hindu guy. He said, uh, uh, when I ask what it's teaching, uh, I recognize it's the same philosophy that's been taught to my people for 4,000 years. In other words, this is just Hinduism. It's all it is. Right? He said, it has wrecked millions of lives. It's caused immeasurable suffering and sorrow in my land for it is based on selfishness and it knows no compassion or sympathy. It means just this, it's a philosophy of nothingness. And that's exactly what she said, right? That it's the, all about uh, the allness of soul, spirit and the nothingness of matter. Now, as we saw before, nirvana, you heard the term nirvana, the goal to reach nirvana. What's that? That's a state of nothingness, this is exactly what Christian Science teaches at the same uh, same time. So that's what he says. He says you are to view, according to them, the whole universe as nothing but falsehood. This is Hinduism. You are to think it does not exist. You don't exist. I don't exist. The birds and the beasts, they don't exist. When you realize that you have no personality whatever, then you will have attained the highest perfection that is called yoga, which we saw before means to yoke with, and the liberation, you are liberated from your body and you become like him without any personality. That's the same kind of thing that Jim Carrey was basically saying. Right? I just realized that it's all an illusion and, and that I, I am the universe. It's, just, it's Hinduism. And this is what this guy's admitting. Now he says, when Mrs. Eddy declares that matter has no existence, she simply echoes the teaching of a pagan philosophy. And when she denies the existence of a personal God, saying that God is all in all, in a sense, and that he's a universal principle, she's announcing another pagan philosophy called pantheism. Okay, that too has been imported into America as well. Christian science claims to be progressive, but it sets a premium on ignorance, he says. Because you got to really, with all the respect, you're going to paint with the flame and the ham and the melted wax and the part of Peter Flapper, right? You got to check it out the door. And what's the one thing that's often accused of you and I, the Christian? I don't be a Christian. You got to be a Christian. You got to check your brain in at the door. I don't know, folks. God says, Come, let us reason together, right? He wants us to use our brain. This one says, Man, you just got to check it out. And again, we saw the ludicrousness is even the brain that you're using to think about Christian science and learn about Christian science, that too is an illusion. Because it's made of matter, but matter's not real. Okay, so who's checking in whose brain? The microbes microbes that produce cholera, yellow fever, and the bubonic plague are illusions of the mortal mind. The sewers that germinate the microbes, those are also illusions. Pay no attention to that. If Christian science were really accepted and acted out in its fullness, Listen, he says, it would drive the world back into the dark ages and increase the sufferings of humanity a hundredfold. You have multiplied the pain which humanity would be compelled to endure. Now listen to what he says in closing. He says, all right, so let's put this to the test because they've been teaching basically Christian science, but they don't call it Christian science. It's Hinduism because it's spillover. It's one and the same, basically. Right, They've been teaching it in India for 4,000 years. He says, I know firsthand what this belief is doing to my people. Here's what he says. He says, Americans, on the contrary, we are people of sympathy because everything is real, right? He says, so you feel that when other people are starving, you really see that, that's really happening, so you're compelled to have sympathy and what? Meet that real need in real time with real food, right? He says, on the contrary, he says that in India... He says, you feel that when uh, that's happening in India, they don't feel sympathy for others. He says, in fact, in our uh, recent famine, our philosophers had no feeling for the sufferers. They didn't even help the needy. Why? Why should they help them when they claimed that suffering was not real and neither were the dying children real? The first result of this philosophy is the basis cruelty for sufferers and no compassion. There's no, no sense in helping people. That's why we've seen before back in our Hinduism study, right, that this is very cruel. This is why you will drive in India and you will see people dying in the ditches and they won't lift a finger. Because of the false teaching of karma, but also well, it's an illusion. It's not real. So why would it help that, right, and you just go about your merry way? That's why he says at the core of this, it's selfishness. It's all itself, so much so that you declare that you are the universe, okay? And it is extremely harmful. But how do you witness to these folks? Because that's basically the mindset that's going on. Well, as we saw there at the bottom of the workbook, there it says, number one, you need to sanctify your heart, right, you need to be prepared to give uh, an answer for the hope that lies within you. That's why you're here tonight. Number two, you need to pray, right? Because this is a spiritual battle for the truth. These folks are locked into this. This is a cult, right? Just like we have with the other cults, you need to pray that the Spirit of God would open their hearts, soften their hearts, open their minds to receive his truth. Okay. Number three, be ready with a good understanding of scriptures. Uh, that's why we are here, uh, certainly uh, tonight. Uh, and don't argue and don't attack the person. Okay. And make sure that you define your words. Why? Because they're already messed up. With the human flap and the chap and the peter box and peter with the melted wax talk, okay, is what's going on there. And they just went out and bought that turbo vocabulary. The, the, it, the, it's bad enough that they're entrenched in that kind of mumbo jumbo. We don't need to add to it ourselves. And we've seen this before. How many times do we Christians do that? We have our own language. What do we call it? Christianese, right? Right? I'll tell you what. Christian science, what you need to understand you need to understand the Trinitarian concept of the hypostatic union, of the sanctification, of the deification. You don't even know what you just said, right? And see, we play the same game, right? Christians will sit there and go, wow, that was incredible. What's he talking about, Bob? Right? It's the same thing. So, so listen, keep it simple, right? Understand what you're talking about. Get away from all that stuff. Don't use that kind of jargon. They're already enmeshed in that, and that ain't going to help, Right? All right, let's continue on. Don't get off on tangents. The important points are what? All the five things they get wrong, as the workbook says. They got the source of authority wrong. They've got to get back to the Bible. That's what you need to lead them. If I get that far, I'll share with you a testimony. When Christian science start reading the Bible, hey, what a concept. Same thing we saw with Jehovah's Witnesses. Same thing with Mormon. Same thing with Seventh-day Adventists. When you get back to the Bible, you start to see that, wait a second, Joseph Smith is contradicting the Bible. Wait a second. Charles Taze Russell, Judge Rutherford, the Watchtower Society is contradicting the Bible. Same thing with Christian scientists, even with the Seventh-day Adventists, right? They contradict the Bible. Mary Baker Eddy is contradicting the Bible. And there's something about the scripture, it starts to force them to say, wait a second. Logically, both cannot be Right? And then they begin to see, wait a second, I've been lied to. So that's a big important thing. So you got to get them back to the source of authority, who God is, the person work of Jesus, the nature of man. And yes, you do need to be saved because sin is real, unfortunately. And it carries a real penalty, right? Uh, You also, again, avoid Christian jargon. It's got no meaning for those folks. Share your testimony and your assurance of eternal life through Christ, right? With all due respect to Jim Carrey, uh, uh, my heart goes out to him. Because he sounded like I used to sound when I was involved in New Age, right? And, and I, I'd, be, I'd be the guy uh, at all the parties with all the drugs and stuff, and everybody's just talking about all kinds of sinful stuff, and I'm the one that's wanting to rap New Age, right, and stuff. And it was all the same stuff, man, just, well, you know, the universe and really what it is. and It's made up of this. And, and basically, it's the world according to me is all it was. That's what New Age is. It gives you the power. You get to choose a little bit of this, this little cafeteria style, and this, and you get to make it up because you're a part of the universe and all that. But I my heart goes out to him. Right? And what we need to do is share, you know what? Because deep down inside, Jim, you think you got it together? You think you had this revelation? Oh, by the way, Eckhart Tolle, who was that? That's the big New Age buddy of Oprah Wan Kenobi, right? With the New Age priestess on the planet, right? So that tells you where this is coming from. But basically, uh, my heart goes out to him because you know what? The whole time I personally, just like with Jim, spouting this New Age baloney, you know what my heart was? Empty, black, depressed. There was a hole there. It was horrid. All that was a front, and I was trying desperately to keep it all together. And so when you come up to somebody like that, you just get, go right past their jargon, the mindy mumbo-jumbo, and you go straight in. You said, you know what? Listen, all I know is I was 25, and I dropped on my knees in a bare-bones faith, man, all by myself. I said, God, if you're real, and if you want this life, you can have it. And then I knew enough specifically. That I need to specifically call upon the name of Jesus Christ. And I did in faith. And I said, Jesus Christ, would you please uh, come into this life and forgive me? And bang, instantly. That's music to their ears because they don't have that. I, I could feel the weight of the sin uh, lifting up off of me. I felt, I felt clean. I felt innocent. I felt like I had my childhood back. I felt, it, they don't have any of that stuff. A Christian saint doesn't have that stuff. All the other works-based false salvation, name them, Jehovah's Witness, Roman Catholicism, Mormonism, uh, even Seventh-day Adventist, Christian science they don't have any of that stuff. They don't have the assurance that they know when they die, and it's not an illusion, you will die. Okay? That you're really gonna go to heaven. You don't have to be afraid of death. You can know that you have peace with God, that your sins are forgiven, that listen, the whole world could hate you, but Jesus Christ loves you. They don't have that. And that's why he says that's some time. Listen, maybe you don't know how to counter the piddle, flap, 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 Peter Boxman, a bit of candle wax talk. But you can share your testimony. Share your testimony with him, right? That's what he says. Now, then establish again some specifics, right? Establish the unique authority of the Bible. Again, get back to the Scripture. Why is that so important? Because where does truth come from? The Bible. And when they understand the truth, what's the Scripture say? The truth will set them free. Right, and it starts to draw out that dichotomy that what they're being taught doesn't line with the Bible, and both cannot be true. Right, so again, get back to that number two. Show the Christian scientists that for them, if they're truly to be consistent, then they should stop clothing and feeding the body, since the body itself is only an illusion. Is your final blank there? Right, and basically, what you're trying to do is, as we've seen before with many of the cults, I call it drop a new thought in the head. Just they never thought about that one. And what you're doing is you're helping them to extrapolate. Okay, you say you believe that, but but let us extrapolate where that really takes you. What does that really mean when you believe that? And if you re- and that's what he's doing here. If you really believe that matter is an illusion, then your body is an illusion. And if you really believe that, Christian scientist, then why do you got clothes on and why do you keep feeding that illusion? Right? You're not there to make fun of them. You're there to challenge them in love and put that thought in their head like... You know, I never thought about that. You know, they may get upset. They may not like it, but you're planting the seed, right, is what's going on. Now, speaking of planting seeds, I got some other questions as we witness to the Christian scientists, some other things to think about, right? <clears throat> all right, let's put some new thoughts in their head, right? All right, if God is all in all, remember, that's one of the biggest things. That's why Jim Carey thinks he is the universe, right? All right, but if God is all in all, then where did evil come from? I mean, that'll fry some brain cells according to their belief system. If he's all in all, then, then are you saying God is evil? But according to you and your belief system, God is just love. Remember, all, they, they don't deal with his other attributes. They just say, no, he's just love. Anything else is an illusion. Well, then where's this evil? Right? And then are you saying that God's responsible for it? So it's just like, well, it's just, it, it just, it, it makes them think. It makes them wonder. Like, wait, wait a second. I, I never thought about that that way. Well, that's what you believe. Number two, if everything is an interpretation of divine mind, then why do people, including Christian scientists, have different understandings of God? But that doesn't make sense, right? Oh, and by the way, if, if it's all an illusion, matter, then how can we trust what you're saying with your brain that's processing this? How can I even trust what you're saying back to me? Right? And how can you, how can you trust anything? Right? On and off. Number three, if sickness is an illusion, then why do you have practitioners who go out to Christian scientists and attempts to heal them? If it's an illusion. I mean, that's a wasted effort, just stay home because it's an illusion, right? Now, Christian practitioners, right? We're gonna get a little bit into this because it kind of blends into Scientology, the same same kind of practice, if you will. Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but basically, if you want to become clear, is the goal, and get rid of all these negative things, Sounds familiar, doesn't it, right? Okay, and uh, then you have to get rid of all these negative engrams. And so you need to come to us, all right, a Scientology counselor, right? And we're going to guide you through these steps. Oh, by the way, it doesn't come free, right? And, and we're going to help you become clear, well, that's kind of basically the same thing with Christian science, right? Uh, if, 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 it, uh, if things aren't going right in your life, right? If, it would have, you know, if you're having this sensation that there's something wrong with you, an illness, you know, oh, no, no, you need to quickly go to the practitioner and he'll set you straight of that illusion. Right? But again, if it's not even real, if it's illusion, why do you even do that practice? But let me explain that practice of a Christian science practitioner. Right? And these are the people that basically, they go around in a Christian science congregation to help others think straight. Right? So let me describe their church serv- their so-called church service. Right? Uh, Sunday services are held throughout the year, and uh, there's a weekly testimony meeting on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we have Bible studies. On Wednesdays, they give testimonies of all the supposed healings that they've experienced by thinking straight with the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. That's it. That's their service. That's their Wednesday night service. Right Now, so that's what they do. now, uh, And basically what they follow, they say the Bible, but it's really the Christian science teachings from Mary Baker Eddy. All right? Now, again, uh, most of Christian science that we saw before is on the decline, but there's an area on the planet where it's actually increasing, and it rhymes with Africa. What's another false teaching a little bit similar to Christian science, <clears throat> meaning that you need to have perfect health and perfect wealth? The word, faith, false teaching movement as well. That's also very popular with a lot of the charismania that's going on over there as well. Now, the reason why uh, a lot of Christian science is still progressing in Africa is because in Africa, they're not as far, what? Medically advanced as we are. As we saw, that was one of the declines of Christian science here in the United States. As medicine began to take off and began to heal the sicknesses and things of that nature, then who needs Christian science, Right? And uh, in its infancy, people fell for it. Well, that's still going on in Africa today. Now, let's take a look. Now, they, they, they have what's called the Christian Science Monitor. How many of you guys heard of that? That's their big publication. Basically, the Christian Science Monitor, it's not Christian. It's not scientists. Okay, and you need to monitor it. Okay, because it ain't biblical uh, and it's not science. Okay, but that's one of their big things that they, uh, they have there. They have an online uh, edition uh, as well. But basically, they meet on Sundays, and during their Sunday service, they, they have their versions of hymns and prayers. Uh, they supposedly read from the KJB Bible, and of course, Science and Health with the Key to Scriptures, Mary Baker Eddie's big work, right? Uh, now, their services are all programmed, literally all printed program there's 26 lessons called lesson sermons and they rotate uh, through the year so basically if you stay there for a year you've heard the same lesson twice and the lesson is prepared from the mother church in Boston the Christian Science Church based on Mary Baker Eddy's writing so that's it so basically, it's kind of like a watchtower remember the watchtower it's kind of pre-programmed much of the Jehovah's Witnesses even though they have a perverted version of the Bible right Uh, They don't even really get that. It's just pre-programmed stuff like that. Some of the more liturgical uh, uh, focus, uh, uh, the Catholic Church, a lot of it's just pre-programmed stuff, right? You go into some of your other liturgical ones that are supposed to be Protestant, but boy, they've really gone south right, your Episcopalian and some of your Lutheran stuff, a lot of that stuff is there. It's not like you know a pastor's been sweating bullets and praying to God, uh, seeking his face and, and working and studying hard and putting hours and hours into Bible study. That's where the sermon comes from. No, no, no. That's not, that's not, it's just a pre-programmed script that's going on. Well, that's what's going on with Christian science, but it's based on Mary Baker Eddy's readings. Now, listen to how that goes on, all right? There's no clergy in the church. And you say, well, who runs the show? Well, they have what's called two readers. You can, you can, if, you, if you really excel, you get to become uh, a reader. And they have what's called a first reader and a second reader. And if you really want to be a big wig, you want to be a first reader, right? The first reader is the one who gets to read the Bible. No, not the Bible. The first reader is the one who gets the privilege of reading Mary Baker Eddy. Which, again, that tells you where the emphasis is, right? The second reader is the one that's... You just get to read some from the Bible, (laughs) right? If only I could be a first reader, right? And that's what they say here. Listen, it is, the first reader is the highest and most important position that a lay Christian science may aspire to, right? Okay, so that's really what's going on. But basically, it's a pre-programmed thing, and that's what they do. Now, with all that said, if you could not only become a first reader, and you get the privilege of, at their so-called Sunday service, reading this pre-programmed script from Mary Baker Eddy, and then sing some songs, and that's it. You have your, that's their church service. All right? Uh, you can become what's called a Christian science practitioner. Now, what is a Christian science practitioner? Well, that is a Christian scientist who takes an intensive two-week primary class from another authorized Christian science teacher, and if they wish to become journalized or accredited practitioners, and devote themselves full-time to the practice of healing, then they got to go through this instruction. So basically, a Christian science practitioner is a person who goes around and helps the rest of the church to be healed. And what do you mean be healed? To help you have right thinking. To, to realize that, no, 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 that problem you're having, that's not real. What's that, 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 that uh, a disease you got? No, that's not real. And they literally, that's what they do. They, they coax you into, like, no, you just need to think straight. You just need to realize that's, that's what a Christian science practitioner uh, does, okay? And then if you, if you get good enough, right, and if you go through their classes, then you get your name in the Christian science journal. And basically, if somebody goes, I need to find a Christian science practitioner, I'm having problems in my life. And so they can go into the Christian science journal, and they could look, and they could find a Christian science practitioner who will come over and set them straight in their mind. Right? This is how they function. This is their services. This is their, they don't have a pastor. They don't have any of that stuff, okay? Uh, but, but again, this is based on the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. But again, the premise is, listen, if sin and sickness is not real, then why do you have these practitioners? Why do they go through all these classes and, and go and help people out? What a waste of time. It's all an illusion. New thought, new thought. Another one. If sin is not real, and this is where you start to draw out the dichotomy. Choose Bible, Mary Baker Eddy, right? If sin is not real, then why does the Bible say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Romans 3.23. Also, the Bible says in 1 John 1.8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Isn't that what Mary Baker Eddy Hey, wait a second. New thought, new thought. And new thought with what? Here's what she says. Here's what the Bible says. Both cannot be right. Keep going, right? Uh, in Science and Health with the Key to Scriptures, Mary Baker Eddy said the material blood of Jesus was no more efficacious to cleanse from sin when it was shed on the accursed tree than when it was flowing in his veins as he went daily about his father's business. Well, wait a second. Why would she contradict so plainly the teaching of the Scripture that says, 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. Now, and, and the reason why that's a good tactic is because it's not only the truth, we need to share the truth and the truth will set them free. But what do they have in their so-called services? First reader, second reader. They, they have the first reader, which tells you their first area of importance, The writings of Mary Baker Eddy, getting to read that stuff. But the second reader, they are supposed to be reading from the the Bible. So so they're kind of caught in a trap. They have to honor what the scripture says. And so you could use the scripture and go, well, wait a second. Who's right here? Right? So continue on. Why would Mary Baker Eddy directly contradict Jesus' own claim about himself? She said that Jesus is not God and that he just declared himself as the son of God. As we saw, the son of God is a deity term. But he declared himself to be God. Why did she say that? Is she, listen, take it a step further. Is she calling Jesus a liar? Oh, new thought, new thought. Never thought about that before as a Christian scientist, right? So is that, yeah, that that seems to be what she's saying. All right, let's continue on. If man is incapable of sin, sickness, and death, as Eddie said in Science and Health, then why do people die? Yeah, you're right. And can I, can I tell you something? I guarantee you that any Christian science that you ever talk to has had a loved one who died. And can I tell you something? They may not verbalize it to you, but the pain they felt over that death was not an illusion. So there's, and it, that sounds so simplistic, but these people are in a warped brain and train of thought. The piddle, faddle, whittle, with the Peterback- box. Okay, and some of these people have been raised since they were kids. This is how they, no, they've been programmed like this to deny this. And something as simple as like, well, wait a second. I mean, beyond all that we just talked about, if this is true what she's saying, then how do and why do people die? It's just a new thought, right? And oh, by the way, why does the Bible go back to the Bible? Why does the Bible say that the wages of sin is death? Hmm. So now they're starting to think, wait a second, this is starting to stack up. Mary Baker Eddy or the Bible? They're not agreeing with each other. And yet she had the audacity to call it what? Christian science. I'm starting to run into a problem here. Now, speaking of that, uh, sin, sickness, and health, let me read to you real quick this article. It's called the Christian Science Holocaust. Because this is not just a false belief, as we saw in the case with Val Kilmer, Unfortunately, uh, this is killing people, and it's killing people by the scores, right? Because sin's an illusion, but so is death, supposedly an illusion, and so is sickness and disease. It's an illusion. So guess what? People don't don't go to the doctor. They don't seek uh, treatment. They just sit there and say, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real, basically. Right? But listen, no one knows how many persons have died prematurely as a result of rejecting medicine on Christian science teachings, but the number is likely, listen, in the tens of thousands. Not thousands, tens of thousands. It's, a lot of them are kids. Right? The purpose of Christian science is not to cure disease, but to rather help the deluded person overcome the delusion that they are sick or dead. Now that would be a meeting I would like to sit in on. With the Christian practitioner, all due respect. You're going to go to that person that's dead and say, hey, buddy, just want to tell you, just start thinking straight. This is an illusion. This isn't really happening to you. Are you serious? Okay. Wait till I get to the story with Mark Twain, right? Uh, he said i straight, right? Uh, oh, and by the way, um, the one who taught this, Mary Baker Eddy, she died December third, 1910. Last time I checked, it wasn't an illusion. Uh, last time I checked, her monument is... Not an illusion. Right? Her gravesite is not an illusion. It's a historical fact. It wasn't an illusion. But this is the core teaching, even from their founder. Hello, it didn't work. And that's what we saw with the, the, the unfortunates with the word faith movement. I can't believe that these guys are still going strong after about 30 some years of name it and claim it and uh, blab it and grab it and all that stuff. Right? I still can't believe they're still going and making millions of dollars off of people's pain and poverty and, and stuff of that nature and greed, all that stuff. Uh, but if anything, now what we're seeing is what they're teaching is not true because it's not just perfect wealth, it's perfect health. And again, as we saw before, you take a look at the pictures of Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland 30 years ago and you take a look at them now and what's happening?
2: Mm, the
0: face is falling off. Their body's changing. The hair is coming out. You're getting bigger like the universe, right? It's just things are changing, right? Because guess what? That's a lie to say that you can have perfect health this side of heaven. Right? All right. But let's continue on. When a person becomes ill, a Christian science practitioner helps the person to accept the reality that the disease is non-existent. If a person develops scarlet fever, the problem to overcome is not the disease, but the illusion that you have scarlet fever. The practitioner merely helps them focus their energy on driving these erroneous illness thoughts from their mind. When patients achieve uh, the true understanding that illness does not exist, then they say the physical illness will disappear. Doesn't work, right? Now, persons today in an educated world, the Western society today, if somebody were actually to go to a hospital and a practitioner, or somebody's sick and they go to them, and they were actually to do this, and this is what Christian scientists and practitioners do, he says this, uh, it would cause a therapist to question the sanity of the person who espouses it. Because again, it's like, are you serious? You're really going to sit here and say that disease is not real and that death is not real, right? Uh, but that's what they do, and reports of many children have died because of it. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why here in the West, not in Africa, because they're not as medically advanced yet, but here in the West, it's on the decline. Now, listen to this: Christian Science was founded at a time when medicine was at its infancy, and many of the drugs that the doctors used in the 1800s were uh, ineffective. Okay, and uh, uh, the three primary medical treatments at that time was bloodletting purging and enemas which often did more harm than good Uh, and as a result at the turn of that last century about half of all children born did not even see their 21st century so that's why it was here in the west well that was the time frame of christian science so here she comes along and basically medicines on its infancy and their so-called techniques they forgot to put in leechings but i guess that's (laughs) bloodletting have leeches suck it out of you right well obviously it ain't working So here comes Mary Baker Eddy admits that scene and she says, nope, it's in the mind. It's an illusion. You just gotta think it away, right, and all that stuff. So people got snookered for it. That's why it was earlier popular but now when medicine actually does work and it's much more effective then people are going, I'm sorry, this stuff is nonsensical. Now it was a wonder that many people turned to it Uh, but again. Even absurd beliefs can be dressed in clothing so attractive that they appeal to millions and Christian science is a mastery of this. Those often attracted to or uninformed or who have had negative experiences with doctors or conventional medicine and that is in no small number. Have you noticed there's another reactionary movement even to modern medicine today? A lot of people say, I don't like what you're putting in that medicine, right? And a lot of people are going to more homeopathic Uh, methods they're going to and I'm not necessarily against some of that stuff but what I'm saying is and then here comes the Christian scientists it's almost like they get a second wind right because now people are reacting against the medical establishment and looking for a more holistic approach right and they could be snookered again uh, with that but anyway uh, Christian scientists though they show their duplicity in their beliefs because many Christian science church members even church practitioners live in rest homes, which is not only a blatant contradiction of their beliefs, but it actually proves that their teachings are false. What are you doing in a rest home? What are you doing in a rest home that has medical care? And if your belief system works so well, why is your body falling apart so much that you need this constant care? It, it just, it just it doesn't make any sense. In fact, listen to the death rate. When Christian scientists are compared with other so-called groups that prohibit smoking and uh, uh, stress and a healthy diet, the death rate was found to be over twice as high for the Christian scientists. Because under no circumstance do you ever go to the doctor, right? The death rate among Christian scientists graduates who were male was four times greater. And for females, it was almost five times greater. So this isn't just a false teaching. It's a deadly one. People are dying by the tens of thousands because of this false teaching. Now, let me just put it in line here. Mark Twain, how many of you guys heard Mark Twain? Mark Twain, this is on record, had an encounter with a Christian science practitioner and he set her straight. And here's how it goes, right? He, uh, he was on vacation. He fell off a cliff in Austria. He was obviously in Europe. And he, quote, broke some arms and legs in one thing or another, end quote. Now, after being rescued by local Peasants, Mark Twain searched in vain for a doctor because obviously he got busted up pretty bad finally a Christian science practitioner was located who was vacationing in the village unable to come immediately she sent Twain a message to relax because there was nothing wrong with him and his feelings of pain were imagined therefore he needed no treatment the practitioner a large middle-aged woman with a grim face he writes later came to help Twain deal with his imagined broken bones When trying to convince Mr. Twain that the pain uh, he was then experiencing didn't exist, she, quote, accidentally raked her hand on a pin in her dress and said, ouch, in pain, and then tranquilly went about trying to convince Mr. Twain that pain doesn't exist. True story. Needless to say, she failed to convince Mr. Twain that his bones did not hurt and there was no such thing as pain. Even the people in the process of trying to set you straight with this belief that pain is illusion experience pain while they're doing it. And he called her on the carpet with that. Fortunately, Mr. Twain survived, no doubt, because he found a real doctor. And, uh, but many tragic deaths occur because of Eddie's false teaching. And let me give you one and we'll move on. One of the most famous modern cases is a two-year-old boy named Robin Twitchell. He became violently ill after a light supper. And Twitchell's parents were practicing Christian scientists. And they did what a Christian scientist is supposed to do. They consulted a Christian science practitioner to come over. And they read various publications, Mary Baker Eddy's writings, on how to deal with this illusion with their two-year-old boy. And they're having challenges because, quote, it's not easy to convince a two-year-old that pain and suffering do not exist. And Robin, the little boy, continued to cry and scream in spite of the best treatment the Christian scientists had to offer. And on April 8th, the boy died simply from a bowel obstruction, which normally can be treated by surgery without complications. But he died. This is one of the many of tens of thousands of cases. He died. Simply because of this belief that says it's not real. This belief is deadly. And again, you don't need to be saved. So this whole time, it can not only kill you, but if you die without Christ, you're going to hell. Who do you think's behind all that? The father of all lies, Satan. And he's not just a liar and the father of all lies. John chapter 8, Jesus said what? He's a murderer and he's been one from the beginning. This teaching, this false teaching, kills people. A couple more and we'll close. Why would, here's another question. Remember, we're dropping new thought in their head. They've never probably been challenged with this before. Why would Mrs. Eddy say that Jesus did not die? Remember, death is an illusion. Why would she say that when the Bible clearly teaches that he did die? Romans chapter 8, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Peter 3, 1 John 1, 7, just to name a few. So again, what are you, what are you doing? You're drawing the dichotomy. Wait a second. Mary Baker says this, Bible says this, it's stacking up time after time after time, both can't be right. You're leading them to that crisis point, a healthy crisis. And then finally, another one, if our physical senses do not tell us the truth about our material world, then how can we trust them when we read the book, Science and Health with the key to scriptures or hear its message with our ears? How can you trust what Mary Baker Eddy wrote in that book? How can you trust what the, you read every Sunday at your services? How can you trust those testimonies that you hear on your Wednesday services? How can you trust anything, right? If you put your belief to the test, what are you doing? You're taking their belief in love and you're leading them to what does it really say? What does this really mean? If I'm really gonna stand on this, what does it really mean? Now, does it work? Yes, and again, as we close, It focuses when you challenge them back to the Bible. Why the Bible? Because the Bible is the source of the truth. The truth will set you free. And once you get into the Bible, you'll see that, boy, it's either the Bible says about God's nature or Mary Baker Eddy. The Bible says about Jesus or Mary Baker Eddy. The Bible says this about man or Mary Baker Eddy. The Bible says this about needing to be saved or what Mary Baker Eddy says. You better choose. You draw them to that dichotomy. And there's the power of God's word and his spirit opens their minds and they finally see it for what it is. Right? And I'll just share one testimony with close. Her name's Carolyn Poole. She said Christian science was my whole life. I was a third generation member of both the local church and the mother church in Boston. She said I was class taught, I received special advanced instruction. I wholeheartedly practiced Christian science by reading my lesson every single day. And I did not go to doctors. I did not take medicine even when I was sick and I served on various committees. I even served as president of the executive board. So she was up to the top. She's completely immersed in this. Well, how did she get out? Well, let's find out. She said, during this time, I did not know that my religion was a cult. Or that it was not considered Christian. Remember, they pepper Christianese. And they even had the audacity to put Christian in their title but it has nothing to do with that right she said I was convinced that Christian science had the truth that God is infinite mind and all is mental I believe that Jesus was simply a human being that demonstrated the Christ truth just as you and I can when we become spiritually advanced as he was Jesus I believe was not so unique I thought he was simply a way shower remember that we saw before she said but here here's how it all happened she's going about her merry way living this lie she said, I was at this time old enough to be a grandmother, but listen to what she says. Yet I had never been invited to a Bible study. Now that's a crime. That's the church not doing evangelism. How could somebody make it to the age of being a grandmother and not even once be invited? Didn't say she didn't go. I, 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 you know, she never even got an invite, not one invite. Can you believe that? We need to evangelize. She says, so I was pleasantly surprised when two women who I did not know knocked on my door one day and invited me to a home Bible study with a Christian women's club. I later learned that God had prompted these two women separately to go door to door in my neighborhood. I was the only one who accepted their invitation. After many months of study, I started seeing verses in my Bible and that I had read and yet had never really been aware of. My conception of God and his plan for man started to change. When she started to read the what? The Bible, not Mary Baker Eddy. It began to dawn on me that Miss Mary Baker Eddy, the founder and leader of Christian science, had taken the place of Jesus for those involved in her religion. She said, I came to see more and more clearly that Christian science flatly contradicted what Jesus said about the state of our existence after we pass on from this life. Up until now, I had always read past Jesus' words about hell, thinking it was just a parable. Because that's what Miss Mary Baker Eddy said and her interpretation. It suddenly occurred to me as I was reading the Bible. And again, sometimes if you can get them to read the Bible, that's best case scenario. But that's why we need to share the Bible with them. That's why we need to invite them. As mumbo jumbo as the words are coming out of their mouth and we have a tendency to snigger, invite them to a Bible study, which dare I say is hard to do nowadays. Because many churches don't even teach the Bible. So even if somebody says thinks that they're evangelizing, they're reaching out to somebody, and they're inviting them to church services, what are you really getting? Because we saw what's sad is most of the churches today aren't even teaching the scripture. So, so anyway, so, so get to the Bible. So she's reading the Bible. She's starting to come to that point. She said, as she did, it suddenly occurred to me, as chills ran up and down my spine, that quote, maybe the Bible actually meant what it said. So what's starting to break down this illusion of her thought that everything's an illusion? God's word, the power of God's word. From a human uh, viewpoint, she said, some of Mrs. Eddy's idea may sound appealing, like there's no sin, no death, no judgment day, no hell. But a study of the scripture shows that her teachings are permeated with air. The more I studied the Bible, the more I found this to be true. I have been believing in Mrs. Eddy to guide me for eternal life, And I came to see she didn't even know any more than I did. And she too was only a mortal. Moreover, when she died, her body stayed in the grave. She didn't come back. Therefore, she can't really testify as to what goes on after death because she had never been there when she wrote her book, Science and Health with the Key of the Scriptures. Jesus had been to the grave and back. He resurrected from the dead. And to me, that gives him a lot more credibility than Mrs. Eddy. And she said this, I also, she's getting to that point, she said, then I read in the Bible that in the last days, false prophets and false Christ would arise, Matthew 24, and Miss Eddie had denied that Jesus is the Christ and put herself in his place as being the only leader and the only way to God. So I concluded, as she's reading the Bible, quote, Mrs. Eddie was a false prophet even in the last days. So I resigned, she said, from the Christian Science Church as a result of my Bible study. And somebody inviting him or her to a Bible study. I accepted then Jesus Christ as my Lord and my God. He is the only way to salvation. And let me emphasize, he did not come to show the way. Rather, he is the way. And I will confess him and him alone as Lord and Savior. So that's how we reach out. To the Christian scientists. Okay. It's easy to write them off. And say man. Nothing's going to get through to them. But that's the power of God's word. And that's the power of his spirit. Right. How many guys. When you read the Bible. Before you got saved. It made total sense man. You. Remember. Remember when you tried to pick up the Bible. Before you got saved. It just. Didn't even make sense at all. But when you get saved. When the spirit of God. Is involved in the process. He begins to illuminate. His truth to you. And draw you unto. Himself. That's our study in Christian Science. Uh, Lord William. as you can see in your workbook there, the next one is Scientology, Scientology right? It's not science and it's not-tology, whatever that is, but uh, we'll get to that, Lord William, next time. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you'd go to heaven and not hell? Now, before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, We don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us, What's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there. Uh, The the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, How many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay? Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-rays, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The Fifth Commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the only name the Bible says under heaven, that men might be saved? We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin? Then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more. The Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, Then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart so 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 how are you doing that's just five out of ten of god's divine x-ray by the way uh showing us the problem how are you doing not if but when your time comes we're all going to stand before god you will be forced to admit what he already knows hey god let me in let me in i'm i'm a liar i'm a i'm a thief i'm a a blasphemer an adulterer and a murderer and the bible is clear such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven you're not headed to heaven In that state you're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, number one, then he could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 14 verse 6, he says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins, against Him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, Hey, uh, you are going to jail. You are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time, and they go to jail. But believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it and it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extends to them a full pardon but they've rejected it and by their own doing they went to the death penalty folks don't make that same mistake for all eternity God loves you he's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done all of it even the sins we don't even know about he wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, Please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see
1: you in heaven. God bless.